0: Welcome to another episode of the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Okay, welcome to another episode. I'm happy you're here. Right off the top, let's talk about the Be Guided and Be Great book launch is now officially October 6th. We ran into some production problems here at the end, and we were really excited to know for sure that the book will be out October, I said October 6th, I meant October 1st. And again, I'm really excited for you because all of the readers, all of the feedback has been exactly what I could have oh, prayed for what I had wished, um, the result could be in this book. It is written for sensitives. It is written for, it's written for everybody, you know, it's an introduction, but it's also something that just absolutely organizes fellow sensitives and even if you kind of don't know, this book will show you in detail how, you know, I, did, I feel like part of my life's mission is to prove to you how sensitive you are, how psychic you are, how intuitive. It's to prove to you um, that you're a medium, uh, maybe because I had to prove that to myself, The first part of my life was nothing but proving it to myself and then showing myself exactly how I was able to bring in psychic information and medium information. I was not okay with just, well, I can do it. So I really needed to know the mechanics of it. I needed to know how to control it uh, because when my client asked me a follow-up question, I damn well needed to know where to go to get a question, um, A lot of sensitives, we do like a pre-read, you know, like at the beginning of my profession, uh, before a client would come, I would try to read as much as I possibly could. And then I would sort of awkwardly present that to them when they were in my office. And then guess what? They have questions. And if you're not still in touch with the energy that gave you the information in the first place, you feel totally lost. You don't know where to go. You don't know how to ask, you know, follow up questions. And though you might have had a good read initially, Unfortunately, you're left with the sense of, well, if you can't do a follow-up question, maybe you're not so great. (laughs) So all the fellow sensitives that have got to pre-read the book and review the book, the feedback has just been incredible. And so I'm just so excited to share that with you. It's also very much based off of the mentorship program that I do do, um, with private clients. And so it's just an, you know, an incredible price point to be able to get me in the palm of your hand there and just really walk you in detail through your intuition and the landscape that makes it up. And with exercises to, it's not just, well, do this. But it's I like, how do you do that? There's a process I provide for you in almost every chapter uh, of what we're talking about. So I am so excited to share it with you. I also just have to acknowledge, because I know I read for, I talk, I'm talking to sensitives here. My voice is a little bit weak and shaky. My family's had a little bit of um, a little cold kind of go through all of us and my voice isn't quite there yet. But I figured I would confront my perfectionism and just go ahead and get my podcast out and talk with you about a few things I want to talk with you about. Today, we will have an Ask Kate. It comes from Joseph from Montreal, Canada. And in my book, you know, right at the beginning, I, I wanted to, there's a section called 20 reasons to take the time to learn how to use your intuition because um, I just feel like we have to know the bigger picture because that it can be a real time and often money invested in the journey of getting the skills to really understand use control and trust that intuition and so there's about a 25 page 30 page at the very beginning of 20 reasons why you're going to want to do this. And so I just thought it'd be fun to kind of lighten up this podcast because last week we talked about murder, <laughs> which is not a fun subject. So I thought we'd just lighten it up. And I'm going to talk to you about the number one, number, the first reason I would say you would want to invest in taking the time to learn about your intuition. So we'll do an ask Kate and we'll do a number one, and I'm going to send you off with some tips on, on how to kind of fill out that reason and the why and kind of give you give you some momentum there. So, let's just get to it. Okay, let's do an ask Kate and this week it comes from Joseph from Montreal, Canada. And Joseph writes, Kate, Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that sees the things no one else sees. If I'm out with my wife and other friends, I notice all the energy between the other couples. I can read what goes on behind closed doors and I have to keep quiet about it. If I try to talk with my wife about it, she just rolls her eyes. How do I talk about the things I see without looking like a fool? Joseph Okay, Joseph. So right off the top, let's just acknowledge fully that if you're seeing things, that's a clairvoyant experience. So your strongest clair would be C. And no doubt the, um you ye- not only do you, are you seeing things, but it looks like you're kind of knowing that clear cognizant where you kind of know the story behind the things that you see. Um, I see this across the board with fellow psychic sensitives where we kind of can't go anywhere without reading the depth of the situation. <laughs> so, especially if we're at like a table, um, This skill in me was well-trained at my grandmother's large holiday tables where I had lots of cousins and aunts and uncles, and it just kind of gave me the ability to sit and I would see I if somebody started telling a story, I would see the images around them, I would see the truth of what they were trying to say. Um, I would know things about the situation that the family member maybe didn't talk about. So that's what you're doing as well. You're using your psychic senses to sense into your friends and their stories. And if your partner isn't wired specifically the way you are, it can, they kind of, there's can be a disconnect on what you're trying to say, what you're seeing, what you're reading. Um, cause maybe your wife has the luxury to get to go hang out with your guys' friends and just kind of be herself and enjoy yourself without constantly clairvoyantly seeing images or feeling things or knowing things. And if somebody says something off the cuff, Um, She can interpret that as, oh, that's just what they said, where maybe if somebody says something off the cuff with you as a sensitive, you're now downloading, you now maybe hear the intent in that, the, what your friend said, it's maybe there's a lot more to it. (laughs) So now your psychic senses are like reading it and you can't stop and then you're curious and you care. So then that like makes us read longer than we need to even if we just happen to get some psychic impressions there. So I I, that's to simplify that's what's going on. Uh, Often our partners are in no way reading things the same way we do. Um, Even with my husband who's um, he reads things minimally, and he certainly doesn't go out of the house and read other people's meanings and everything they say. He has really pure, clear um, intuition, he really only gets the big stuff. And I get all the little tiny nitty gritty stuff. So I, I definitely relate to you, Joseph. Um, And so we just want to honor like you do psychic... Energy and, and you receive psychic information the way you do. And there's probably a reason. We'd probably go back to your childhood and talk about that. And someday these Ask Kates will be live. And I look forward to that because we can kind of go deeper into your guys' stories too, right here on the podcast. Um, so we want to accept our partner's psychic senses exactly how they are. Um, we do want to appreciate that. Their psychic senses maybe aren't as sensitive, are not as sensitive as yours. Um, you could probably relate to this, Joseph, if you guys have kids, where in our house, my husband and daughter don't really read people unless they really have to. And my son and I pick up everything and it's tiresome for he and I. <laughs> so I can't imagine being with a partner that picks up the monotony of psychic information that I do too. So I've learned to appreciate his um, simplicity in his intuition. But the second thing I really want to say to you though, Joseph, is that it's really important that psychic sensitives process And if you're a chatty type, which I am, and a lot of intuitives are, we have to process it. And about 95% of the time, there there have been a few, but I do mean a few of my clients that don't need to talk through it. But the majority of sensitives need to talk through psychic impressions and psychic information. This is really important too, if you had a childhood where you couldn't talk about it. So part of that voice recovery, part of your intuitive recovery is to be able to talk about it. So there are three places I'd like to encourage you to go ahead and practice the art of processing psychic information. So ideally it is important that, that sensitives are able to go to a partner to talk it out. Um, In the way I would encourage, I would encourage this kind of communication would just be like, hey, you know, is it okay if I just kind of talk it out with you? Just kind of maybe bitch or just kind of tell you the things that I sensed. And like, I'm not trying to fix anything. We don't have to do anything about it. But is it okay if I just process this with you? And so that way your wife knows, oh, okay, like I could just be here to listen, you know, and I can just be here to observe your interpretation of what we just experienced Um, That way partners don't feel like they have to fix anything or make you feel better or solve any problems or even call their friends to help them out. (laughs) Partners really get kind of defensive around that when we're not in the habit of really specifying like, hey, can I, I need to process what I just experienced. Do you mind listening? Okay. Or talking about it would be even funner and better to have a dialogue around maybe what they experienced too. But from what I sense you saying is the way that you're approaching her, she's kind of rolling her eyes. Um, The refinement would be to prepare her. Hey, I just, I really want to just process this. Hey, I feel like I saw some things. Do you mind if I run them by you? We don't have to fix anything. We don't have to judge it. It's just, I just want to process this. Okay. Okay the number two place I would recommend a good process would be with just a friend, you know, whether if it's if you just experienced something pretty intense with your other friends, or maybe you went to an event, and there was a lot of psychic information there. If you do have a safe friend where you can call and say, Hey, can I process something with you, you know, and be able to sort of Again, that talking out loud connects you to your voice and the voice connects you back into your heart and into your intuition. So it is the cycle of, it is so healthy for us to be able to process verbally psychic things we saw, felt, heard, and know. Okay. So you're just going over your clairs and telling stories. And sometimes it's when we get the story out of our body, out of our energy, we're able to let it go. And sometimes through the talking process, we're able to clarify how exactly we experienced that experience. Okay. So if in this particular point in your life, and that's anyone's life, if you don't have somebody to talk to, like for real, the third place I would ask you to take that information, that energy is to a journal because at least you are going to acknowledge to yourself what you experienced. You can process psychic experiences by writing them down also. Okay. It's just really important that we don't go through it. And we observe all this stuff and then it kind of swirls around in our own body, in our own minds, in our own energetic systems, and the habit of like getting it out and off of you, getting it out and off of you through talking, through journaling, through even taking that information for a long run. I mean, depending on the severity of, of the energy that you experience, the psychic information you experienced. Oh, just that's such a fabulous question. Every sensitive I've ever met struggles with this. Um, it can especially with us, you know, older generations, we're not that old, but (laughs) it's really the younger generations that do I notice they're really comfortable talking about their feelings and what they're thinking and psychic impressions and, you know, ghosts, and they're much more comfortable. And, I hope to be part of that solution for everybody on the planet. But if you still really felt like you have no one safe, and if your wife dare rolls her eyes, it's, you know, you feel really defensive and really hurt. um, To simplify something complex, sensitives deserve the right. They have the right to process psychic information. It happens to us. We're not often going after it. We're not looking for it. It just, we see it because we can, and that does not mean you went looking for it. So have a lot of compassion for yourself and have respect and appreciation for maybe your partners, not so, you know, not so open to psychic information that actually can make your life more simple and better, <laughs> but I have a rule and my rule is psychic our psychic senses must be respected. So, even with my husband, um, there was a transitional point because I got the eye rolls. I got the uh, pretending I didn't say anything. I got all of that at the beginning of our marriage. And I didn't quite respect this part of myself either. So, I kind of didn't have this rule where if I don't respect it, he should. You know, I, that was not my rule. My rule became I need to really respect it. I need to really respect in honor, what I went through, the psychic impressions I received in a certain situation. And if I need to process that, which often we do, that's just a rule. That's just going to happen. That's just as natural and normal as the sun rising in the morning. It's just part of what's up. Um, and so my rule is that My psychic senses do need to be respected. And so I found over time when I would really have an open dialogue with whether it's my husband or my children or my friends and just lay it on the table I need to talk about this. Are you up for it? And if they're not, then that's okay too. If they're honest enough to, Say not really. (laughs) That is such a gift also. So I could clearly talk on and on about this subject. It's so fascinating. Every sensitive deals with it. But those are the three places I'd like to guide you back to. Talking to a partner, talking to a friend. And if nobody can handle your psychic sense in that particular moment, go to a journal. At least hear yourself. Process that. Get it out and off of you onto pen, and paper so that it no longer keeps swirling around in your precious mind and energetic body, Joseph. So good luck with that. Thanks for asking. I guess I would also like to add that I have a counselor, a therapist that can handle uh, these conversations too. so she always tries to pretend she oh, how tell me what that must be like for you you know but she is actually extremely clairsentient which of course she would be because she's such a fabulous um, therapist uh, but when there is something really going on I do have a professional to help me navigate my emotions around what I'm experiencing psychically and it took me a long time. I've had, I've gone to counselors on and off throughout and yes, some of them can't handle this conversation. I would, if you're, you know, if you are just wired, very psychic sensitive, and especially if you're a medium, I would absolutely encourage you to find a therapist, a counselor, um, that can have these conversations with you because this is a part of who you are. Um, Not to equate it, but if you were handicapped, that would be a part of your counseling sessions. And you would absolutely want to have somebody that is compassionate and can really have great conversations about what your life would be with your handicap. If you're in a wheelchair, that is absolutely a part of your day to day. So is your intuition. It goes on without your permission. <laughs> it it you see things you didn't mean to see, you read energies, you see things, you can see entities, um, you can see spirits, and really depending on where you're at in your own life, can it can depend on how you experience that intuition. So we just I use the experience, um, I use the example of handicap because. I we all agree. If somebody cannot walk, that's a matter of fact, and it doesn't matter what anybody thinks or feels about that. That affects their day to day, and it's it's a part of their life. And so we must embrace that and celebrate that, and talk to people that um, go through that, whether it be long term or temporary. Uh, we very much honor that chapter in their life. So intuition is the same where sometimes you are more sensitive. And other times it kind of um, intuition should be integrated where it clicks along with your day to day, it shouldn't be something that it specifically knocks you on your feet, though it can, depending on what you've experienced psychically. So Okay. I am going to force myself to stop talking about (laughs) that subject because again, I find it so fascinating. Okay. So let's get to kind of today's uh, podcast subject. And today is that 20 reasons to take the time to learn how to use your intuition in my Be Guided and Be Great book coming out October 1st. And the first reason that I give is number one is access to your intuition reveals how special and unique your spirit truly is. So, I'll go ahead and read the little paragraph that I wrote um, under number one here. So, once I learned how to use and understand my intuition, I was able to see each person in the most authentic and honest way as humanly possible. Once I confronted myself, the lies I was telling myself and opened to the truth of who I was, I was finally able to see others more clearly. When you know and accept who you are to your deepest core, only then are you able to see and accept others as honestly or rather as honestly (laughs) or rather as, as they honestly are, excuse me, everything else before seems like flattery and manipulation. Your intuition is like a knife that cuts through all the crap and reveals the truth and lies, black and white, and who you pretend to be versus who you are born to be. Okay. So there are, let's see how to jump in here. There are five major reasons why it's so important for you to have your intuition up and running. Um, I'm passionate about teaching you how to connect with that birth guide because that's why I encourage you to go to it to ask questions about yourself. And it's so important because our culture and like with the amount of, you know, we have our phones at our fingertips and with the amount of stimulation, external stimulation you get, um, you, it's a, we have a harder time navigating who the hell we are versus who and what the world tells us we are. So I really, you know, I struggled, struggled, struggled with who I was. I had no idea if somebody told me I was a woodworker, I'd go, okay, great. That's what I'm interested in. I mean, I was completely pliable, had no idea. And yet I had a really strong will. So uh, it was really tough those first 25 years (laughs) or so. And what happened was, you know, in 2010, I got the skin cancer scare and it wasn't really like, me becoming a mother was a first time experienced Like this is who I am. And I really had confidence in that. I, I, I know what that felt like to fully be who I was in the context of being a mother. So in 2010, when I had my skin cancer scare, my guys were just kept, they kept telling me, this is who you are. You know, I didn't want to be a psychic medium. I wanted to, you know, Have all you know this fantasy life of anything but that? I didn't want the burden of it. I didn't want to. My biggest fear was um, my clients that lost children. I just felt completely inept to answer the question, "Why did this happen to me?" You know, and as long as I kept denying who I was, I could not be in that space. I could not look them in the eye. And so that skin cancer awakening for, it was a good six months of just, this is who you are accepted. This is who you are accepted. You know, I am an old soul. I'm an old psychic sensitive soul. I'm a medium. I'm a damn good medium. I see the dead. I hear voices. I hear names really great. So great. Sometimes I hear way too many names and it's not great for my actual session, but that's just the way I am. Um, you know, I'm extremely tender hearted, which actually is a limitation for me in many circumstances. So these are, you know, I'm like, I am tough. I can handle it. I actually, I had to accept I can't handle a lot. I just can't. I have a really big heart and I'm really sensitive and then I'm psychic on top of it. So I actually have way more limitations than a lot of people do. And I just had to accept that over and over. And so that awakening to who I was, and then going out into the world as that person was, I had to learn new behaviors. I had to learn new responses. The beauty of it though, is I could actually handle my client and their story, no matter what that story was. So if they had a kid that passed away, I would go right to that birth guide. I would look them in the eye. If I am who I am, you are who you are. And mistakes don't happen. So we will go to this story. We will go to the guides to God with why and we will go there until you have enough information to that at least gets you up the next day. You know, whatever our story is, whatever the struggle is there, I, I know we have the right and heaven wants us to know the why, because the why, even if it's the most horrific thing can maybe get you up the next day, and maybe the next day, and there's a purpose in whatever the struggle is. And so I found that clients would start saying to me, you know, I can see that where if I was like, say, in a group read with a group of students, and maybe one of the students would say, I just want to know what my life's purpose is. I would straight right cut right to the chase and go, actually, what you're interested in is if God, if I do this work, what the hell's in it for me? You know, I've spent the last 40 years in service and raising kids, and I'm always giving. I'm interested in what is in it for me at this chapter in my life. And I remember. One of the more vivid times that happened, my client, you know, my student laughed and it was like, yes, that's, that's actually what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, and it's not, it, it, because especially with her generation, there's not a lot of permission for uh, her to have asked what's in it for me. And she was finding that in that chapter in her life, that is actually what she was saying. She knows what she's called to do, but what she doubts is what the reason there is for her why would she give the energy at this chapter in her life? And so when you have that clarity of what you are, who and what you are, you absolutely can hear what actually people are actually saying, what they're actually asking. And so I would have students of mine that maybe felt like too much for everybody else. And then they were brave enough to come to me, Hey, can you train me? Can you witness me, validate me? I I can handle that story. And time and time again, I've heard from clients and students, like you're the only person in the world that truly gets me. I feel like my job is to explain you to yourself. That's what my mentor did to me at the, in the early days. And it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. So You going to that guide to get that reinforcement. Why am I going through this? They give you the reason. It may not be good enough, but there's a reason and you can work with that over time. Um, You know, we don't go to people that can't possibly understand who and what we are. We go to the guide. We go to the birth guide. We go to God. We go right to the source to get these questions of who and what we are answered. And there's five major things and there's probably... 20 in between these major factors that determine why you are specifically so unique. I always say we are so different. That's what makes us the same. It's because we're actually all very, very, very different. And one of the reasons we're different is because we all have very different past lives. Okay. Even in the last life, we didn't have the same exact life. We didn't, weren't the same gender. We weren't the same religion. We weren't the same age. We weren't the same anything. So past life exploration is a wonderful If you're like, eh, pretty average, you're not. You're very unique as a soul. And one of the factors is because you've lived a certain type of past lives that nobody else on the planet has lived. That story of your past life, your history, past life history is unique specifically to you. Okay, so you're going to have phobias, you're going to have strengths, you're going to have all these different things that not everybody else has, because of the quality and types of lives, the history you come to the table with today. Okay, and the second story, the second thread of why you're different is because of the lived history in just this life. Your childhood is totally different than mine. What I love about pop culture stuff, I'm not a big pop culture person, I kind of cringe at it, but what I really appreciate about it is there's anywhere you can go, people know what you're talking about. Like, there is a th- that is the cultural. Thread is what does connect our dialogue, and I love that. Just like I have friends that don't love chain stores, but I personally love chain stores in that, like, I love a Panera, I love a Barnes Noble because I moved to states a lot. I've lived in over you know, I've lived in nine different states in my life, and I can go to Barnes and Noble in any state and I feel at home. I feel like, okay, I can do this. I feel a little sense of security just because these stores provide me, you get it. I don't have to explain it. You guys understand it. It's an imprint of something familiar. <laughs> so some of my friends said, don't move ever. Like, eh, I like something local. I do too, but I also really can appreciate a few of those stores that remind me of who I am, who I've been. Okay. The third um, thing that makes you specifically unique is your personality and ego, Um, someday I'm going to, someday soon I'm going to, I'm preparing a podcast about the ego for you because the skin cancer taught me to integrate the ego. It's absolute bullshit to think about shutting it down and cutting it out of you. It is absolutely part of your life chart. It is absolutely energy there to help you animate the things that you are called to do in this specific life. So you have a particular personality that is absolutely in alignment with your life's purpose. Okay. We will talk more in depth about that at a different time, but when the ego is integrated and it's allowed to have a a place at the table, it's allowed to animate who you are. um, That is really unique to you. Okay. We're going to talk about that at a later time, but your third energy that makes you different is your personality ego. And I I am talking about a healthy, integrated one, not a fractured off, you know, overly inflated or so far gone, you pretend that you don't have one. (laughs) Okay. Because in this dimension, we are all born with one. So let's just agree that that needs to be part of the landscape. Just like in this dimension, we have to actually eat food to survive in this dimension. Our spirits don't need it, but the body of this dimension does. Okay. I won't get started on that path, but okay. The fourth one is your soul's age. So there are different levels of souls and mm, to simplify, let's just say maybe we were all created at the same time, but whether you come like in this context, whether you come to the earth dimension That's how I'm quantifying your soul's age. How often you come to the earth dimension, how often you've incarnated, um, makes you an older soul in this dimension because you come here a lot. And this is a dimension of time, space, matter. Um, It's becoming energetic as well. It's becoming other things. I won't get into that now. But um, older souls, we've been here a lot. We kind of know how things work. Where younger souls think... That what they see physically is the only thing that's real. You know, when they come to this dimension, they forget that they're an eternal soul and they think that they are the body. They think they are those physical things that are around them. Where the old soul's like, yes, those are super nice and they're very temporary. So we don't get caught up in the totality. Um, our reality doesn't get caught up in the totality of the physical nature of this dimension. So your individual and your soul's age and finally the type of soul you are i will not get into the vastness of that but let's just say for simplicity's sake um you know some human beings they're actually angel spirits in human bodies some people are star people some people are different types of spirits so how what type of spirit you actually are depends how you interact in this dimension. So again, it is number one, it's kind of going back to the number one, access to your intuition reveals how special and unique your spirit truly is. So these are five ways you really want to know who and what you are so that in every day you can ground in, ground in rather, to the uniqueness of who and what you are. Nobody else does it like you. Nobody else is what you are. Nobody else has your soul's history. Nobody else has this, the purpose. And I'm not talking about just the grand stuff, but the little stuff, the, my grandmother, when she passed away, I think I've told this story so many times, but she really did die a saint to us, to those of us that loved her. She had no interest in the outside world. She was like this holy person that did really only care about God, Jesus and her family. (laughs) She passionately cared about us that when she passed away, each of us cousins thought we were her favorite. And I was really, really annoyed to hear I maybe wasn't. (laughs) because she, I really thought I was, but then I found out everybody else felt that way too. And so it was just the way she invested in us was so sacred, um, that that's the type of impression she made upon us. Okay. So it's not just the big grand stuff that your soul's here for, but it's often for the unseen things that, that, um, you are here to touch upon. Okay. So, um, Okay, I'm just gonna shake off the energy of that because I just feel really passionate about who you are. You know, whether you're my client or a student or a fellow traveler, I'm just I am so passionate about you knowing who and what you are because uh it, it's just one of the most beautiful sights you'll ever see when you get to embody who you've come to be in this specific life, not a past life, not a future life not later in your life, but who you are in this moment, it's enough and it's holy and it's incredible. And your intuition is your mirror. Every time you think you get lost, every time you can't get grounded, that intuition, that those using those Klairs to talk with guide to God, to your soul is through the use of your Klairs, which is your intuition, the language of your soul. Okay. Okay. So, as we wrap up, I let's just talk about a few things. So the Be Guided and Be Great book is coming out October 1st. I'm developing a Be Guided and Be Great meditation album that will take all of the exercises in the book and make it a downloadable so that you can do those steps with me audibly. I'll hold your hand. We'll do a nice meditation album together and it'll be an incredible experience for you. I'm also developing a journal to accommodate it so you can have this daily habit of writing down certain psychic cues to start connecting the dots, creating this intuitive map so you no doubt understand how you do your intuition, okay? And then finally, before the year's out, we will also have a workbook, a Be Guided Me Great workbook companion. Um, again to just really paint this big picture of intuition specific ways that you interact with it every day so that you get in the habit of knowing exactly how you're doing your intuition where the information's coming from where to go for follow-up information to you know ask questions or get a bigger picture or so you can no doubt you know if you're driving down the road Where's that information coming from? How do you get more information so that you feel safe? If you hear a voice, say, take a left, you know where that voice is coming from. So maybe a mile down, you have another question and you can ask it and feel confident that you are being guided safely on your journey. Um, Also in this moment, you can join the community. It's on the podcast tab at katesinclair.com. And when you join the community, even if you're part of the community already, if you go to the join the community button, I have a 10 week video worksheet course for you that is totally free. Um, the videos are anywhere between 20 minutes and a half hour we talk a bit about a different subject each each week i created a worksheet to go with the video so again i'm here for you i'm here with you there's the free video the worksheet to just really get that intuition integrated into your daily life okay so there's some really cool things coming down for you there's some cool things available for you right now take that quiz which claire um which claire are you to fill out that intuitive picture, your intuitive language more deeply for yourself right now. Okay. So I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclaire.com and take the quiz, which Claire are you? Until next time, remember, It's your birthright to be guided and be great.